first of all, happy Father's Day to you, bro. Thank you. As your father, it feels good to celebrate. And all of the other fathers out there, like Joe Rogan and Danny <laughs> Masterson and Chris D'Elia, <laughs> all the daddies out there. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn, TJ lit up. Did you did you have a cold brew this morning? I had I had two I had two cups of hot coffee with a Laird Hamilton superfood creamer. <laughs> so you know I'm gone off the shits, bro. Damn, that's serious. I didn't know Laird was in the edibles business. Well, Laird Laird makes some um, some type it's like a it's a non-dairy coffee creamer, which is something that I have no use for ever. Yeah. But it has yeah. all these like seaweed, algae, superfood, MCT oil, nice. fucking shits to it. So I, I gave it a try on a whim. Um, will they sign on as a sponsor? To be determined. TVD. Um, I, you know, right before this, this, um, this, this podcast, I was actually listening to a podcast. Um, okay. Which, 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 I, which episode I, of the I, daily I, was it? I haven't been. I, I listened to a lot on the road, but since I parked it. In, in Atlanta, I haven't really listened. It was actually Reply All, um, mm, which mm. I feel like is a hit or miss at this stage, but very popular among our peers. Um, which I don't really but, understand. I don't know why people like it so much. I mean, I, I've listened to many episodes of it, and I don't, I don't have anything against it. But it's just kind of, it's just a to me, it's a, just a podcast that's there, you know. Is dorky. That's the thing, but. It's it, there's Sometimes a lot of similar yeah I guess it's kind of like our podcast if we were like virgins you know <laughs> well I think I think it's more that it is like when it's good it's like pretty incredible but True. if it's not it's just kind of whatever um, and it's also I think when you when there's that much money in production put into something and it doesn't hit you're like what what's the what's the deal guys like mm. how is this not hitting every time when you have fucking fifty employees you know. Um, mm. but yeah, the how, premise yeah is, we, we have so much money invested into this. We can't do another episode of like listener question fan mail. Um, pull it together, bros. I don't know why we're going so anti reply. Uh, I, look, no, no, no. I am not anyway, you. <laughs> the episode is about, it's pretty interesting. It's basically about how all of these white people are just Venmoing black friends money like as like reparations. a weird form of reparations yeah and so he interviews this, this producer it's not the usual host i can't remember the guy's name he's he's black but anyway he interviews all of these 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 black people that are for the most part and he says this like you know doing fine financially and like work in a, a myriad of like creative fields basically okay and then he he finds one who gives up the dude who gave her the money and then he calls the, the white dude. Ooh. And it's like, fam, what are you doing? You know? Um, and it's just really good because the guy is like definitely like an overeducated, like nerdy white guy who lives in LA. Um, but kind of just like, I don't know, man, like can't answer for it. Cause he's like, yeah, I don't really know why I, I like saw it on Twitter. So I sent my black friend from college $5 and said like, you know, thanks for like helping with awareness, have a coffee <laughs> Which is, is like insane that anyone would think that is a good idea. Like, I don't know. This guy wasn't dumb. You know what I mean? He didn't strike me as like a dumbass. Like, right. I don't know how you would get to that point where you think that is going to work. 
Uh, I mean, I think that, I mean, I guess it's just white guilt built up so much to the point where there's just a mental block and they don't see how that could be offensive to, you know, a, a independently wealthy, you know, successful enough person who is not, you know, where $5 is not going to change that person's life. Um, and how that is, yes. That is pretty. But the rough. gesture, the gesture alone, I don't know. It just kind of blew my mind. I, I, I just was. I mean, I obviously knew that was happening because I saw that, you know, happening on social media as well. But I mean, damn, bro, white white people are dumb as fuck. <laughs> that is not like that is just not. I don't understand how you could think that was acceptable. You know, and I, I just don't know. I mean, obviously, yeah, of course, it's just like white guilt and like kind of like figuring it all out which i think we have to give people the opportunity to do but i was just really it was entertaining for it's, sure. yeah because i mean it's it just was, like some somebody just flailing you know just yeah they just so they're so unaware of what to do how to feel how to handle the situation you know i guess you know they they it is a hard situation for a lot of people so fair enough but th- there's you got a lot of work to do if that's what you think that's is where you go you can't, you don't have somebody's line to bang that could like help you kind of suss this out before you make a decision. Like, I, I don't know. It was, it was well, very, I mean, maybe that, you know, that part is also rooted in the, in, in people's need to show off the fact that they're donating money. Um, sure. Not because it's something that they want to do and not because there are charities or organizations that need it, but because they want another, you know, they want somebody to be like, Hey man, I see you doing this. Thank you. Great job. Um, and no better way to show your friends who you're desperately seeking the validation from than to send them direct $5 Venmo. She was like, she or was cash like the, girl, the, the girl, the girl who received it was like, damn, is this motherfucker, is this like a Starbucks promo? Like, is this like, what's this dude do? <laughs> uh, anyway. It was it was pretty it was pretty interesting because like I I knew that stuff was happening and it, and it's it's actually that to me is like that kind of podcast that is exactly a, a, the use of that kind of platform mm-hmm. right now yes. when you do that kind of like deep reported like storytelling where you do all this research and talk sure. to all these people the, getting the guy on the phone for forty five minutes and being like well how could you do this is like exactly <laughs> the best you it's like it's because it's entertaining. And it's enlightening also. Mm-hmm. Like it's actual it's actually like, damn, this guy like has thought about it. he's being forced to think about this versus just like, mm-hmm. you know, going through life acting like that was okay to do, you know. Yes. And also, you know, hopefully all of their listeners who share that same level of guilt and have no idea what to do with it can learn from this person's mistake. And, well, uh, yeah, and no, and, trust me. <laughs> Reply all's got more white people listening than we do. So, I mean, it's, it's true. You know, it's it's when you're based in Brooklyn, you already know the vibe. You know, go on this. Yeah, uh, what's going on at Arrowhead, dog? Just um, you know, Father's Day is getting kicked off with a bang. Um, uh, uh, my my girlfriend and her her parents are are going for a little walk. So, so I can yell my stuff in in, in peace like, and quiet. They're like, let TJ talk to his dumbass friend on the phone for an hour while uh, while we go, you know, take in some scenery. Well, you know, since they're from Orange County, they you know they don't want 
to hear me potentially bad mouthing Donald Trump or something like that. So they got to. Oh, of course, of course, know. they need to leave the house. I, I actually, you know, uh, I know we covered this this la- last last pod, but you know, I'm home alone still. Um, mm-hmm. And la- you know, Saturday night last night, um, I I got home and I just turned on the news and and was able to watch all two hours of Donald Trump's speech in Tulsa. It was two hours long. It was like, I mean, I probably had the TV on for two hours. It might have been like an hour and a half. There's, it was, there's it, a little, little pre-show red carpet. Um, well, you watch the pre-show on CNN, but then CNN <laughs> won't show the actual speech because that's like kind of the point. They don't want to give right. him the platform. Mm-hmm. So your boy had to switch over to Fox News, you know what I mean, to catch the real heat. Oh, were they playing um, it on Fox? Yeah, I know. Surprising, right? I was like, oh, he, where, where should I look for this? Um, but he did. I mean, it was pretty incredible. He did like 14 minutes on walking down that ramp. <laughs> like, it's like, it's honestly like, it's truly insane to watch someone like switch to from like reading the teleprompter to it, it's like so clear when he's reading the teleprompter versus like going off the dome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's incomparable. But yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing to watch. Like, like because it didn't go well the overall the whole thing was a bomb like no one showed up it was this whole issue Mm -hmm. um they had this whole thing set up for like the overflow crowd and they canceled it because there was no overflow crowd (laughs) like everybody could (laughs) because everybody could get in oh bts have fucked it up that's how there's some truth to that i think that's probably a little overblown because it's such a good story but like i saw every person i know retweeting that shit like request tickets so that you know Mm -hmm. i can't go so I'm sure that BTS had a play in it, but I'm sure, I don't know if they can take Whoa, full credit. Don't, I don't think they're taking full credit because they're not. You know, there's also Blackpink. There's Twice. There's a lot of different <laughs> K-pop groups out there who are <laughs> carrying the load. Um, and we, you know, let us not badmouth BTS on this podcast because they will kill our family. No, no, I, I'm pro BTS. I just think that that story is too uh, good. For the let BTS. me be clear. Like, I am pro BTS. Yeah, definitely. Like, let's not get it twisted. But they, um, I mean, you know, the, the, what did they said they they booked, you know, nine hundred thousand tickets reserved for that. I mean, there's that would have been the biggest event in the history of, of the world. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it's going to be a fucking zuvi. We got nine hundred thou coming to Tulsa, Oklahoma. A city where the population is one million. Well, um, but I think it was I think it was like a Grateful Dead show where a lot of people just wanted to vibe out in the parking lot but not <laughs> didn't need to actually go in. You know what I mean? They wanted to just catch the feeling outside. I just want to be like, there, bro. be with their people. Sure. Yeah. I really do think that was I think that was part of people like, no, I'm not I'm not going in. But like But they had you know, they had six thousand people come. Six thousand people is is. I mean, the thing is that that is a lot of people. Don't get me wrong, but like, that is not a when, lot of people. For for something political, it is like it's not like an inaugural. You know what I mean? Like for basically, in theory, somebody just. I mean, also this is unprecedented because presidents don't do this, so it's I tough mean, to, to judge against anything. But chain smokers can draw more people than that with with a twenty four hour release and that's with uh, like a ticket that costs a hundred dollars not a free one. no no you're right you're right no no look i'm I'm not saying it was good but it, <laughs> it was uh it was very interesting to watch i felt dude it's actually crazy i felt exhausted and dumb as a motherfucker when i finished like i like i started dozing off at 9 45 on the couch and he was still going and i woke up and i'm like this guy is like it, it's truly insane how much 
how long you he, he went on for. It was like I don't know. I couldn't believe it. He's well. He's off the Addies. I think uh, he's de- I, I, <laughs> he definitely been in the green room snorting the Addies and yelling at the tour manager to not give any of the money back to the promoter. <laughs> I saw that they selling no tickets. There was a there was potential talks of him maybe starting his own his own television network so he can have a, a home for his his unbiased opinions to live forever. Which I mean, good idea. I guess it's for good him. Idea. I mean, you know, I mean, I InfoWars is doing so well, so. Well, he's pivoted to OAN, which I don't really, like, that's, like, the new, like, what's, what's extreme. OAN? OAN is, like, the extreme right-wing news network. Oh, um, no, 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 I no feel, that's right. I've heard of that. I feel like it might be, like, Facebook Live only or something. Like, I don't know where you actually, <laughs> I don't know where you actually watch it. Like, if you can go uh, to your cable provider and request it, like, HBO in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um Whatever but it is, it I, definitely does not work on on libtard Apple products. That's for sure. Yeah, it works no, no, only no. on American-made Acer tablets. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that exactly. are purchased it's, at it's, goddamn Office Depot. It's the same. It's, yeah, it's like the same kind of person who builds a gaming a gaming tower. That, that's the only. That's the only. You <laughs> know what I mean? Don't come for Yayo like that. No, you're right. I'm sorry, Yay. Uh, but. <laughs> Did you Anyways, did so you was, did you see any action from the the family of w- white people who sang the Trump song in a in a style so of I, of Taylor Swift perhaps? Unfortunately, those fucking youth groupers did not make it to to. I didn't see them at. That was the most youth group energy I felt since having to go to youth group. I, like, I forgot never, that people like that still existed. It's crazy, man, because it feels it, it's crazy because it's it's so hard to piece together because they look so wholesome, but mm-hmm. then they're so vile and like what they're promoting. It's very it's a very strange mix of like confusing things happening at one time. Yeah, it reminds me of having to go to like, you know, the Christian socializing night in high school or something like that because we were trying to have sex with Christian chicks or something. And you're like, damn, this, you guys are so, but like, you can just easily see right through, you know, like at, at your core, you guys are singing about how black people should probably get out of here. Like, that's what it's yeah, all about. Yeah. You have this it's, it's, like anti, it's like anti-abortion with a big smile. It's <sighs> very, very strange. But that video was really, I, I'm glad that saw the live day. That really summed up a lot of, of what's going on. I know? blame Taylor Swift for that because that, they, they took a, the, that song was a very Swift vibe. I mean, who knows, bro? She, she, you know, they could have some co-writers on that joint. A lot of people were talking shit about how the harmonies were bad. They were a little pitchy. But, you know, I've heard worse. I think with a little work, Get him in the room with I mean, Zed or something, and we could get live. Live music is hard, bro. Hopefully, hopefully our our friend Joe will do uh, a New York Times. Oh yeah, <laughs> diary of a song. Diary of a song with Trump those Trump family. That would be so yes. fire. Oh, I'll that pitch would it. Be so far, I'll pitch yeah, it. We're gonna thing- need a good angle because I don't know if I see it getting pushed through instantly. This could, unfortunately, we got to strike while the iron's hot because the story is growing mm-hmm. cold already. Um, we might have to hit up the onion for this instead. That's true. This is a more of a reductress type headline, I think. Mm-hmm. But I, I, that's the problem with this news cycle, bro. We, we do this podcast three times a week, and that star, story's already fucking old. Well, that's why, luckily, 
we are doing a one-on-one pod so we can go in and, and cross the T's and dot the I's with our old ass stories from three days ago, um, which we will get to. Don't worry. Um, how do you feel about Twitter, Twitter voice where we can now tweet audio messages? I'm not going to use that uh, because I think that people get enough of me and my voice as it is, yeah. but... I do think, like when we were doing public announcement, we did a lot of like audio clips and used them for social, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously great for a podcast. So I think for business purposes, it's it's cool. I mean, I think it's funny, but I think it'll also just wear off and people won't use it because it's not it, it's not like exciting enough. I agree. I mean, it is. I I don't really see myself ever using it ever, and you know, I I guess I don't have like a magical voice that is that. You know, and whatever I'm saying needs to be captured in audio because the the sentiment and feeling won't come through in the written word. But I think I for podcast, I still I still don't feel com- <laughs> if compelled. A, if anyone listening has any bright ideas on on how we should use that for the podcast, let me know. Well, I heard Jeremy O'Harris put up a demo of a of the Juneteenth anthem that he wrote. It was pretty good. <laughs> Like it was just like <laughs> singing and banging on a table for the beat, which was I that to me I feel like people will always figure out like a way to be funny and useful like that. But I do think it's like the only thing people want from Twitter is to be able to edit tweets. That's the only thing people want. Yes, because we can't just go and delete everything. Well, I just want to be able to like if I fuck up punctuation, that bothers me, bro. If I yeah, misspell when, a when word, you, when you misspell a word and then that tweet does numbers, oh, buddy. A fate worse than and death. And you know, when one of three tweets that you post does numbers, this is a real problem for someone like me. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. You Sometimes those get into double digits. Fuck you. <laughs> <sighs> um, well, let's talk. I know a lot of people were asking about our thoughts on our good friends that have been... Not our good friends, sorry. Um, fellow podcasters, Chris D'Elia has been in the news. Mm, and... You know, I, I mean, I don't really know if I have any take on it at all. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, what, like, I've, his comedy has always sucked. <laughs> and now we find out he's a bad guy who has, like, you know, I guess the term is, is groomed. These, like, high school students is, is what mm-hmm. I've read. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously bad. Like, what is there for us to add to that? Like, that's fucked up. Well... Yeah, I mean, I, I just saw a video where, so, where he was being interviewed on a podcast and they were, somebody was talking about um, how Snapchat, how, how he, he was under the assumption that Snapchat, all the messages and everything deleted after 24 hours, which they do. And then the person talking was like, yeah, but, you know, somebody can just take a screenshot and then when, and then they put the, the Curb Your Enthusiasm music over it right after they said that. <laughs> Because his face, you know, he lit up like a ghost when somebody was like, yeah, you just, you know, do a screen recording or take a screenshot. And then you have that, uh, you know, dick pic with a 15-year-old saved on your phone forever. And, and the look on his face was just like, oh, no. Like, how, how, do you, how do you get that far in life? You know, he's not, he's not 80 years old. Like, he's very, very, you know, comfortable using social media and technology. He's, you know, a millionaire. How do you not know stuff like that? 
you know, do you, do you want to get caught? Is it a weird, is that part of the fun and the challenge? Well, that's kind of like the whole thing, though, of him playing, you know, the, these characters, too. Because I've never seen you or, or um, what's mm-hmm. the other fucking show with Australians. But like that, like he was on both of those shows and I guess played a pedophile on, on two television shows, which is completely insane. Yeah, his his entire filmography is either him doing stand up jokes about fucking chicks or him playing a, a person who has sex with minors, and and his manager or you know everyone on his camp was like, "Yep, yeah, great, sounds good, good idea. Let's do all of this." I, that, I, I mean, I don't think that. I mean, that's really you know, and I think there is some truth to this that you these motherfuckers get lost in the sauce, bro. Like, when you're fucking popping and famous and rich, like, mm-hmm. you're out here doing whatever the fuck you want, and you do not even consider the consequences. It's a time, it's it's a tale. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I think that, like, it, it's just, you, you don't, you're not considering consequences. Like, this happens to people at all levels of success. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, the thing that I really love about comedy and like Chappelle will talk about it a lot and other people, but like it's it's sort of the last bastion of having open discourse and conversations about issues that are, you know, touch touchy subjects for a lot of people. And sure. it's sort of the last place where free speech can be encouraged and you can, you know, there are a lot of people out in the world who sort of use and need comedy as a means of dealing with grief or trauma or whatever, like you know, somebody making a 9-11 joke the day after or whatever, that's just how some fucked up minds happen. And, and you know, people should have the freedom to do that. But I think the problem is people get really caught up in that and feel that they are able to and allowed to say anything in the name of comedy. And they can just say, you know, hey, it was a joke. Like, I'm a comedian. This is my job. And that has sort of been the argument that comedians have been able to use and I think that they are, they're pissed and they're not really willing to change. And I think their co- comedy as a whole is kind of going through that growing pain. And, and the older guard like Chris D'Elia's and, and older are sad to see this platform, you know, kind of be taken away from them where they're able to say whatever they want and they can talk shit on, you know, sensitive groups of people that are often offended in the name of comedy and I agree with that like you should be able to say whatever you want and if you can do it like a Dave Chappelle where you do it in a new intelligent way that makes sense and educates you and blah 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 like that's a beautiful thing but you we can't just make bad offensive jokes anymore and say I'm a comedian that can do whatever I want well I think actually this has some parallels to the, the president and where we are as a society. Like, I think the more polarizing you are, the better you do with your base. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So somebody like Chris D'Elia, like his, you know, there's a core like white bro male fan that doesn't care about this at all. You know, you know what I yeah. mean? It's just, it's just going to be like, well, you, I don't know. You could, you know, just like find a way to, to justify it to themselves. And, and that is, I think, what has to be understood that like when you do something bad on this level and you have that kind of fame, it's 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 Louis C.K. Like he's fine. Like he has a he can go make millions of dollars 
going direct to his fans because he doesn't need he he built up a big enough audience where society as a whole just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, but also you know you it depends on what your definition of fine is. Like he he will end up dying having a lot of money and he will have a lot of fans, but you know after doing that his life is forever altered and yeah. you know he won't be able you know no no woman is going to want to be with him um and Chris D'Elia in the future will have a much more difficult time having sex with people you know I as actually, he should I, I I kind of think you're right I kind <laughs> of think but it's like dude you think about it I mean it's like you know these these serial killers and mass murderers have like insane fans that want to sleep with them you know what I mean it's sure. not it's it, it's it's like Fame, unfortunately, supersedes everything, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's it's kind of insane when you really think about it. But I do think that there are also now there's there's places for people to gather and like kind of um like not organize, I guess, but you know mm-hmm. there's a place for people of fans like that, like the internet or whatever. You just you just find each other and then you can can kind of like create this this fandom um mm-hmm. and have other people to talk to where you don't feel as insane about not liking someone if they did something you consider bad you know yeah you like, can you can create a discord channel called okay with pedophilia and, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you can build your good. build your hive from there yeah i just think it's i i think that because of the internet and the way that we are segmented as a society now it's very easy to maintain a career after mm-hmm. s- after seemingly fucking up mm-hmm. you know what i mean like a- after society at large and people who know of you in a passing way are like oh fuck that guy like that just that just galvanizes your re- your like core fans even more to support you it's it's which, really uh, backwards which how you know you were just comparing it to donald trump and i think trump is a prime example of of that oh it's i mean that's why i mean Dude, he called it Kung Flu. He called coronavirus Kung Flu last night on national television. He, he called it Kung Flu again? Bro, he said it, yes, like on stage. Oh, no. But that's what I mean. Like that, that but is that's, not... the, that's the type of stuff that, that he has to do now in order to have a chance to win, I think. Yes. I, th- I think he has Agreed. to come out so strongly on the other side that, you know, he ha- he, you know he's, he's betting on the fact that there are enough straight up fascists out there who are going to vote for him. The language that someone like that chooses to use is absolutely pointed and, and for that purpose, you know what I mean? But I do think that whether people support him or not, you know, I do think that style of approaching life is going to become more popular because it's just part of the, it's part of our world now, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, like political correctness is frowned upon um, and it is the more extreme you get, we've seen it rewarded at such a high level. Mm-hmm. Like how could people, how could people not be attempting something similar in their private lives? You know? Yeah. You, you, you really have to, um, in order to succeed in this new world um, where all subtlety and nuance has been removed, you, you really have to take a stand and you have to make a lot of enemies in order to make a lot of real fans, which, yeah, which no, is a like, hard thing for you know intelligent people with a conscience to do. You have to sort of be a stone cold killer of a person, 
you know, and be okay with having many people hate your thoughts um, in order to really get, you know, your 10,000 fans who will make your life, uh, you know, a livable, nice place. Which people, I mean, people hating you at that level is incredibly taxing. Like, I don't care who you are or what you say. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't... Yeah. Like, as, as a person who distributes low-level opinions that people don't agree with, like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not, like... It does a number like, on you. I mean, yeah. Like, it's, it, when it's something, you know, whatever, I don't really care. It's not that big of a deal. I would never compare myself to someone with, like, a huge following. But I just mean, like, that is not something to... to like no matter who you are, it's it affects you. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a stand-up comedian, a musician, of a talking head, the president of the United States, like you might get used to it. You might like build up a thicker skin, but it's going to bother you because that's just that's the way we're designed. Well, as which which is an, an unfortunate truth of if that is the case, then you know sociopaths are you know at the most advantage for for succeeding in the future world then. Yeah, much like uh, TBS characters welcome, you know, success in the future of the world is is sociopaths welcome. Are you able to be a terrible, heartless person and still be able to live your life with a smile on your face because you don't know what you're doing? Great, you're a perfect person for, you know, any position of power in the future. Well, I mean, it's like, I mean, I say this all the time about people. I mean, if you're, if we're talking about, you know, the wealthiest people in the world, they're fucking monsters, dude. You have to be mm-hmm. like, you just have to, you have to have such singular focus that empathy is just not part of your program. And that's the problem with, that's why we're suffering so much now as a country is because empathy has been put, uh, you know, very low in the list of importance for people. And it's an every man for himself society. Mm-hmm. And, and whether that's bi- business or politics, that's how people are approaching things, and it's 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 you know it ain't it ain't helping anybody. And and having you know uh, the amount of money and power as the ultimate metric of success in the world is yeah. is unfortunately not helping that at all. No, for sure, and that's I mean that's like that's baked in. You know what I mean? There's no mm-hmm. it take it takes a lot of unlearning to think that money and power don't equal success. It's fucked up, bro. It's fucked um, up, bro. But I'm still, I mean, I'm still out here chasing the bag, so. <laughs> of course, the 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 bag never quits. Um, and, uh, you know, be, because of all, all of kind of like the tidal wave of cancellations going on, and, you know, I, th- I think justice is really being served to a lot of people right now. Um, you know, like, like a Chris D'Elia or or a Masterson or... Joe Rogan or whatever, all these people who are, you know, attempting to take down, um, I, you know, the, the trickle down is, is kind of crazy. There's, I think there's just justice and bullshit is being called on everyone around the world as a, as kind of like a contagious thing, which is exciting to watch, um, as long as you're a good person. <laughs> I mean, but there's just so many people who are bad people who have done this shit. I mean, the it's, the it's new, things, the, new I mean, the future is is very exciting, and it's also scary because just so many people are that we know that everybody knows are bad, and and the well, cream is going to rise to the top. 
Yeah, and I think we've also put so much, I mean, you know, like, why we think that, like, somebody who can tell a joke or is in a TV show is held to a higher, you know, is, like, Mm. going to, like, that's just, that's a, it's, fame and money are, are a recipe for misbehavior of all levels, you know, so it's like, I don't know why we are surprised by, by this stuff. I think it's more, I mean, the Danny Masterson thing, that's been going on for 10 years and it came out and it kind of was a blip on the radar because of the timing. Yeah. 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 Like that, you know, you, you would see a a story or a headline every few years over the last 10 years of, you know, attempts being made or lawsuits happening or being settled out of court or whatever. And now, you know, real, I don't know, like, I guess people have just been living in fear of their abusers or their rapists or sexual predators or any of these people having them in check with, you know, whatever it might be, an an NDA or just a threat of violence or shame or whatever. And that's just, you know, slowly being removed um, as other people are using other people as examples of how it can be done. And there is a support system out there. Because it's so hard to do that. It's so hard to come out against somebody who raped you. It's fucking traumatizing. Well, well, especially if they're, uh, you know, wielding the power over you for years. You know what I mean? I thought you were going to say especially if they were a sitcom actor. No, no, no. I don't don't value my sitcom actors that much. Uh, But no, I mean, no, it's, it's, look, it's, it's absolutely wild out here on every level. And I don't know, I, I don't know where we're going. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, as society, as a society, I don't know where we're going. We're going to a civil war, and we're going to some type of utopian scenario. Um, we're going to have to get a gun soon. I don't know what kind I of mean, gun to get. Are people, do you know people that are copping guns? Yeah. More than usual? Uh, I actually, no. Not, not direct friends of mine, no. But I have seen a lot of people talking about it. Um, And I do feel like there is a decent-sized civil war bubbling and brewing in America. And it is is in between people who want to have the right to be racist and people who think that racism is bad. (laughs) So, yeah, we've we've actually had that war before. Um, So (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's, it's it's interesting that we're just going to have it again, but I guess you know you don't learn from your past mistakes as a society. You you must revisit them. Well, you know because slavery was a when slavery was abolished, it was it was just simply edited and rebranded with with different words and different names, and and we all know that racism is still well and alive in this world, and it's going to take a long fucking time to to reverse that. No, no, that's true. That's true. But there are there are a lot of victories along the way. It is slowly changing. I think I think so. I mean, I think that it's, you know, it's uh yeah, it's much more slowly than people want, but that's like kind of um, mm-hmm. you know, to be expected to in some ways. I I don't, you know, I think when the leader of the free world is against the change, it's going to take uh, more effort than maybe was budgeted. Yeah, and people really hate admitting that they're wrong. Um, is a is a real real big issue with with our country, and I guess just humans in general. Uh, well, that's definitely true. 
Um, okay, so Joe Rogan is going under fire because he's saying that masks are for bitches, which which I guess is an example of wielding wielding power irresponsibly. No, it's well, yes, but it's also an example of of pandering to your base. Like True. Joe Rogan wears camo and has that American flag hanging up and it's all subtle, but we all know where where big dog stands. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wonder if you like in the future will will people get in trouble for for saying things like that when you have that much power? I mean, I think that if the thing is, his power is is to us and people we know. It seems really big, but in the scheme of things, like a podcast is still not big enough for most people to like recognize the power. Like, you know what I mean? Like, real like society as a whole mm-hmm. I, I i don't think is really like understanding the level of where he is and bro he, he has youtube do. channel too bro come on that's true but these are all still like but yeah people it's, just, but you know he's people just don't he, understand he's, like, he's those, a voice in the head of millions and millions of people multiple times every week like i think i think he's a lot more influential than a, many many more people who are more famous than him who have a bigger following than him just because of no that. oh no question no question but i i'm saying that like like what does get in trouble mean mm. you, you, you know what i mean like that that that's what i mean because it's like because he's i mean until recently all that was independent you know nobody dude, bro, nobody gives a fuck if, if you're doing numbers and you're delivering to your advertisers like if they've already signed up to advertise on a, sh- a Joe Rogan show, mm-hmm. they they're they're going to be okay with you taking it a little further than you did the day before. It, but is where where is the line drawn where where Spotify takes his hundred million away and they're like, okay, they we, take, we can't get on board with take, this. They haven't even they haven't aired one episode yet. They can't pull out yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, is is there a clause in the contract of of saying like you know you can't? I mean, I, I'm sure he would never sign a contract that would that would say that. So it sort of has to happen. But I guess they could agree to you know sever their contract, and he still gets paid. But if he does something it, that you know is is liter- could literally kill you know many thousands of people because he told 19 million people to be irresponsible and not wear a mask. You know, something has to happen there. Well, it doesn't, unfortunately, because I think that his defenders would be like, well, it's freedom of speech, you know, and (laughs) it's like, you know, that's like simply what it comes down to with issues like that with dumbasses. Like, that's what the response is. It's not again, there's no like nuance. It's just like, no, uh -uh. no, it's Mm -hmm. free speech. You can say whatever we want. Mm -hmm. And like. That's why we can say Joe Rogan's a fucking idiot. You know, mm. it's like it goes both ways. Sure. I mean, his his is obviously more dangerous again because of the the level that he's at. But I, I just don't. I don't think that. Uh, I I don't think he's gonna have suffer at all from that. Like, I don't think that really matters. Mm-hmm. Like, besides, like people that we know on the internet. I think that's where it begins and ends. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and it is, I mean, at the, when I was listening to that show with, it was with Bill Burr and and he was calling him out on his bullshit and saying, that's stupid. And why are you being like that? And like, that is the good part about something like Joe Rogan is he is the only person that will take that with stride and, and welcome it and, 
air it on on his own show, even though. It but that's makes why him people look, look bad. That's why people give him a pass, though, is because it's like, mm-hmm. well, but look, he shows both sides. Yeah, it's like true. Okay, like I, I don't. I mean, I well, just, when like, when again. nobody else shows both sides, it true. You know, something that seems so base level and uh, you know suddenly becomes amazing. Well, if if, if you know. If I could make a hundred dollars being like a, a a smart person for dumb people, I guess I probably would too. Um, <laughs> but man, it's like it, it's it's truly amazing to watch. Like what it's it's the same thing with like I was talking about with Charlemagne. It's the same. They're they're so similar in that way. Yeah. Where it's like baseline ideas that dumb people take and run with and think that, and that's why these guys have gotten the platforms. They know exactly who to appeal to. You know, yeah, the, like they, they, the lowest common denominator, dumbest people are also the highest demographic of audience member. And that's how you're going to make the most money. I was listening to Charlemagne's podcast. He didn't know who Greta Thurberg was. Mm. Like he wasn't kidding. I believe that. That's fucking crazy. Like to agree or disagree is one thing, but to not know who that person is. She's been in the news consistently for multiple years in like a big way is just showing to me that you're not qualified for the platform that you have. (laughs) It's very simple. Like you can't go, you can't talk that shit and not have a baseline understanding of like current events. I think because you can't chalk up, chalk up like climate change to like white people shit. Mm, I I think the Vegas odds of Charlemagne not knowing who Greta Thornburg is would be pretty, pretty decent. I'm actually, I believe that. I, 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 I was a little surprised. I got to be honest. I was a little surprised. But but again, I, I don't. I mean, you know, he also was capping for J. Cole, so obviously mm. he's just he's he's going to be on the wrong side of history a lot. You know, <sighs> J. Cole. See, even even J. Cole finally is being taken down. Yeah, but J. Cole is again. It's it's like it's he's fine, bro. His fans don't give a fuck. It's true. His fans don't give a fuck. It's also like the 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 other thing with that is that no name who he's you know going up against, I guess, for lack of a better mm-hmm. term, is not popular enough to, to 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 move the needle. Um, you know, she is now. She is now, but I'm, my point is, it's like they probably have he, the same manager. Yeah. Well, the reason he again, it's like he punched down. It was stupid. Like mm. you don't need to like you basically name someone who didn't name you. Like what? What, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> she didn't say like you just read into this and decided I'm going to go after this like black woman right now. Like is that really the move? Oh, Cole, Jermaine, Team Breezy would never do something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, speaking of right. music, <laughs> uh, there the, you know the music world is beginning to heal again. There's concerts and 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 festivals are starting to happen. There, you sent me a link to one that's in rural Pennsylvania with some some deep house and uh, and tech DJs playing I, music. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't recognize the talent. I just saw that on uh, Jubilee's Twitter and was interested in it. Yeah, it's like you go. I mean, it's kind of an interesting progressive idea where there's like a you you're everyone who's in there is like quarantined and you can't get in to the grounds unless you've tested negatively. So it is kind of like we were joking about pause parties when 
when quarantining first started and that's sort of you know what's going on you have to you have to pass that and then once you're inside then you can just do drugs and fuck whoever you want and you know live life without the worry of catching uh, the covid virus i think that all that stuff's gonna blow up because people are just so desperate like it's definitely gonna happen so like if this is the first one you know people will be shocked by it but i think it will continue yeah people people will i mean i think the tickets were like six or seven hundred dollars and then you get you get like camp campsite for two days and then all these djs and stuff and there's probably like group yoga and some shit and i think people are willing to spend six hundred seven hundred dollars for a a middling tech dj lineup um tech house I would, lineup i would pay i would pay six hundred dollars to see you dj in pennsylvania for sure <laughs> why <laughs> in sounds... pennsylvania <laughs> well i mean i'm sure it's also they're having to look at it like a by a, like a per state basis you know what i mean mm-hmm. and be like where where can we do this versus like where should we do this sure yeah so aeg and live nation they announced that because they lost and are losing so much money that they are now making the actual bands and performers pay they're starting to enforce their contracts where if talent has uh, to cancel right, a show right. then the talent themselves is responsible for paying the promoter two times <laughs> two times their guarantee for having to cancel the show and even oh. even even if it is you know act of god type of scenario that's what they're trying to do because they're just losing so much money. That ain't good for the business. It's bad for the business, but like, hopefully, it could, it maybe could usher in a new, you know, wave of rebelling against these major crazy corporate corporations. But it kind of has to start at the uh, the, ven- yeah, the, the venue level as well. But the problem is these. I mean, dude, there's just no. I mean, the advance you can get from AEG or Live Nation is like life changing. No one, I, and like that shit is fire. It is, it is, that is a great thing, but until you have to this. pay two x what they were going to pay you, and now you know you suddenly your three sixty deal means you owe well you know, a corporation eighty five million dollars or something. Well, then don't fuck up. I mean, it's pretty simple to me. Like, don't play the fucking show, pussy. Put on a mask. Well, fucking up (laughs) is unfortunately the world coming down with a global pandemic. That's, you know, that should be, that should not be the responsibility of the band. But I guess, yeah. If I want to see 21 pilots, I need to see 21 pilots, whether the world is ending or not, bro. That ain't, that ain't. Everything does change, though. Um when uh, when you sign when you sign that 360 deal and you take when you, you do that deal with the devil there is a lot of fine print on those contracts and you have to know that when you're you know signing yeah, your life I mean well I mean to, to be fair no one getting those I mean most people getting those contracts are like the top 1% mm-hmm. you know it's not like they're handing those out to every, everybody but you know I would love to I would love to check out some live music one of these days you know did you see <laughs> the the did you see DL? Did you see DL Hughley pass out on stage I in did Nashville, see that. and then and then they're like, "Oh, he's got he got Corona." I did, I did see that. I know that he has a history of uh, I forgot he has I think diabetes maybe. Yeah, he does. But but they literally he 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 like fell out on stage. The promoter had to drag him off the stage, took him to the hospital, test him, and he has Corona. God and so, damn it! 
Like, I did not know that. Is, yeah, like the visual is crazy because he's like up there telling a joke and literally just slumps out and like falls off and like the promoter catches him. It's like the classic video of one of the members of Casey and JoJo passing out mid song on stage. Um, do you think that was? Do you think that's drug related, or do you think that's like that was a that was a uh, life coming at you fast related? <laughs> I think that was a perfect <laughs> storm of him probably having a little exhaustion, a little dehydration, and a little bit of heroin in his system. <laughs> that, that, we call that the trifecta, baby. I mean, the thought of the thought of being able to. Do you think anybody who's not a celebrity can say they have exhaustion when they ha- like have a health problem? Like, I, I don't think that I, I've never heard a layman try to use an and, excuse and, like unless that. Unless they're an Ironman triathlete, they are not allowed to claim exhaustion. Um, I just don't. I don't get that. I mean, it's like having Lyme disease. Like every celebrity got Lyme disease when they went to rehab. Justin Bieber got Lyme disease. The motherfucker's twenty five years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in, in, <sighs> unless you or physically unable to sleep and you can't find a, a hose to drink water out of you, you should be okay uh, in, in 2020. <laughs> Where's the spigot? <laughs> I, I'm exhausted. I mean, I don't, I, exhaustion is an incredible, I mean, people, the thing is, is that, and that stuff always was such a sign to me of how dumb Americans are or mm-hmm. people as, as a whole. Like you really think, a 28 year old celebrity is exhausted like they're on drugs guys come on well they don't think they just don't want to know the truth we uh, we want we all want to be lied to every once in a while i prefer to i I prefer my celebrities to be on drugs personally but yeah i get it (laughs) you know i I mean i i i also kind of do which is which i guess is bad well i maybe i did at its core I think maybe I want them at least to have had that experience. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know. I, yeah, I would like, I would like all celebrities to just like get really into smoking weed and just turn into a, a massive stoner, but not, you know, I don't, I don't want their life to be torn apart by cocaine. That's a, that's a bad way to go out. Um, yeah, yeah, I know you're maybe right. Maybe I'm talking to, to the wrong crowd. You are talking to the wrong crowd because, <laughs> but I, 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 I understand where you're coming from. You're, you're giving it a more mature view, you know? Thank you so um, much. TYSM. I mean, man, I'm, there's just so much going on, TJ. I'm feeling, I'm feeling the burn a little bit. Like I'm feeling a little, a little, uh, exhaustion. <laughs> you are, you are, so you, you are now claiming exhaustion. <laughs> exactly. Because I feel like it, it could, does it make me feel like more of a celebrity? Anything that anything it takes. Now that now that the <laughs> podcast is is doing numbers, you're, you're starting to pull that that exhaustion card out. Um, I'm wearing sunglasses indoors and I'm exhausted right now. It is so it is an can... exhausting time. Uh, you know, our world and and human humanity is are going through some growing pains right now. Hopefully, that is the case. Uh, no, no, I I don't even mean. I think it's more just like. Um, and this is a good thing, but I think it's it's um, uh, feeling really engaged. Whereas I was engaged before, of course, but I think everything I was engaged in was a little more trivial and like not yeah. didn't take much mental capacity. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Comfortably so numb. It's, yeah, it's like I would never watch a two-hour fucking Trump shit. Like I shouldn't watch that anyway. But that that is an example of something I would have never done 
a year ago. You would, would yeah, you would, nev- you would never watch a Netflix show about politics for people in their twenties, but yet here we are. What are you talking about? Um, Patriot Act. Oh, because I've been watching The West Wing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the growing pains. It hurts, but, you know. I No, I do too. I think it's valuable. I think it's like where I, I should be as a 37-year-old man. You know what I mean? But it's like, you know, it's just a lot to take in. You know, you throw in all this celebrity bullshit that like actually doesn't matter, but it still matters. You know, it's, it's like uh, the hierarchy of concern is tough to parse as well. It's an exciting time to be a broadcaster in the world, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I consider myself a broadcaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I spent I woke up this morning after after 2 hours of Trumpito mm. and just got got on the internet and started I have been looking for LA spaces. Yes. Now now <sighs> that now that your um, failing New York City has been reduced <laughs> to rubble. <laughs> You need to come out to Cali where we can start our organic farms and live off I the need land. To, come, to be fair, I want to come to Cali for like a month. Relax. But yes, I do want to come to Cali. And man, it is it – is, I thought the pickings were going to be a little thick, but they're slim. <laughs> the pickings are, in fact, not slim. They're, uh, it, it's, it's bad, man. It's like, I mean, I've seen a few things that I – but like – you know, I I just I don't know. I'm a little I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna figure something out. I think but, maybe you know. you know maybe you were a little behind on, on yes the, on the curve where everyone well, else I had th- this idea of of relocating to L.A. a few months ago. But I thought maybe those people would have gone back. You know what I mean? Like the people who are going to do something temporary, like mm-hmm. maybe like a short term. I figured it'd been like all right if you went in March. You know what I mean? That's been a long time. You've probably had to go back to where you came from. But there's no reason to go back to where you came from now. Where you came from um, is is not what it, it is not what it once was. Well, I mean, I don't think Cali's that good either, bro. Let's let's like calm down. It is uh, no, I'm not I'm not trying to big up Cali like that. Um sure does sound like it, but okay, yeah. Okay, maybe I am. Um but I I think that once you once you once you do make that move and you know i don't i don't know if anything is going to drastically change anytime soon so we're we're going to be in the long haul for those temporary transplants no i i agree and i thought i mean i'll i'll find something i'm sure that that you, you know. might have to expand your horizons down to Riverside or something, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, Santa Clarita is looking pretty good. I mean, you know, I've been like, I've you know, really... we joke, Chris, but don't sleep on it. I mean, look, bro. What if I became just like Ojai guy, just really by myself? Mm. You know, <laughs> better I breakfast mean, ass. I mean, look, I just, I, I got to figure out what my options are. Like, I, I'd rather be in fucking. I'd rather be in Ojai than like downtown LA or some awful shit. Well, you've always you've always been a person ah. who who has been a very uh, NYC guy, and you and you also had had the opinion and vision that you kind of needed to be in New York in order to conduct your business. Um, and now that you have not had to be in New York to conduct your business for the last few months, you know what are you what are you feeling? Are you are you just can't wait to get back to New York and back to normal or have you been able to look at the way you work in a different way? 
I mean, I think that getting back to normal is not really a feasible thing in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I've kind of, um, uh, I, I don't know. I've come to terms with that, I guess. Um, I think that New York was the hardest hit and will also be the fastest to recover in some way. I would imagine that is kind of like what will happen just because of, I think the way resources will be. All right. De Blasio. No, 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 please. I'm not, I'm not De Blasio (laughs) hive. Uh, but I mean, I'm not, I don't think that, I, I feel like it would be crazy to be like, I got to move. I got to get out of here. Like, I just don't have that impulse mm-hmm. um, at all. But work work has been pretty good. And the remote thing has not bothered me. But I do. I mean, I'm a face-to-face guy. So that yep. bothers me. <clears throat> well, f- I mean, face-to-face is kind of happening. I had, I had a, f- I, uh, on Friday, I had two meetings. Um, social A social distance meeting where we just met in a public outdoor place and sat away from each other and and had a meeting yeah i mean i saw some friends yesterday in that way like in a backyard situation you know what i mean um that's all good and well i i just don't know what's gonna happen you know and so it's like going back to new york right now just doesn't seem like it would be that positive like it just doesn't seem that fun you know so like if i can figure it out and go to la and and build with the fam for a little while that why not you know mm-hmm. um is kind of how i look at it uh the problem with la is you got to have a car it just becomes expensive you know when you really start to look at it yeah it's not as affordable as cheap as hell city new york but yeah, well, i just mean <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's i like, know what you're it, saying it, you'll be fine chris oh i'll and, be fine I'm, I'm just i'm just more so wondering what's going to happen to our dynamic when you just permanently move to LA. Will will it be like Superman's kryptonite being taken away from you if you if you give in to Cali? I'm not moving to California, and if I'm there for a month, I've been in California for a month every year of my life since I was like 22. Yeah, but the you think but that was pre pre quarantine, pre New World Order, pre revolution. If you come out to California, there might not be a New York to return to when you go back. Well, if I'm not there, is there New York really? You know what I mean? If you think about it that way. You know what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. But it's, I, it's gonna be like a, the like the tool song. You know that tool song about how California you know what? Let me, let goes me. goes into the ocean, Arizona beach or something like that. Bring up tool is interesting because I want to talk about something that's really fucking got me got me besides systemic racism, this is the thing I'm most mad about. I would love to see how this relates to the band Tool. People liking the deaf tones. <laughs> It's fucking crazy. Like the Deftones, I guess it was the anniversary of the record people like yesterday. And it's just every time the Deftones comes up, I'm shocked at the people who like that. It's bad. It's like, it's, it's not, I don't understand how you could be cool and like that. Well, the Deftones, you know, it, it depends on what your age was at the time that they... We are both the right age. I know, I know. And, and I, you know, for me, I remember when the Deftones came out and... And what I mean, I guess it was like late nineties. Um, when it was really when it first came out and and everyone I knew who was into cool, interesting underground music, they would they would be like low key fucking with the deaf tones because you know, for whatever reason they like the guitar tones or stuff like that. Um, but it was it was like a very seminal 
um, important music for a lot of people of a certain generation. It's it's but it's just like it's like radio hardcore or something to me. I, I don't. It's like alternative radio hardcore is what I would call it. Yeah, that is true. Um, but you know, done in a way that wasn't as offensive as a lot of other terrible music. I look, I agree. Like I'm, it's better than 18 visions. Like I get it, but like, I just don't, I just can't believe that that is like, I don't know. It's, it's very surprising to me. Tool and Deftones are two bands that a lot of people I know like where I'm just like, what happened to you? Like, how did you <laughs> ever, like, I would have gotten clowned for liking that when I was the, like, my friends have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? bro? we don't listen to this shit. This is whack. <laughs> well, I mean, Tool, Tool was, a, was dorky music for sure. But you had to be like a, a musician who respected that type of, or that style of music to be like, Dan, this is I- wild. I'm not saying these guys can't fucking shred. Like, that's not the issue. It's just deeply uncool. It's like deeply uncool in a way that like, I guess you could say the same thing about me liking third eye blind or whatever, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, when when I was, it had eight singles, bro. So go fuck with, go, you can't fuck with that. I know. But like when, when I first started listening to tool, you know, I was like fucking 13 or something like that. So to me, I was like, I don't know what this is, but it freaking rocks and it's badass and the lyrics are depressing and about crazy shit. So I cannot, I cannot my 13 year old brain is feeling it. I'm so sick of revisionist history on fucking bands like this, like Rage Against the Machine, too. I mean, it's like, guys, this shit is this shit is always been alternative radio rock. Like, don't act like this is anything but that. Well, do you <laughs> I mean, but you have your own versions of all of these bands you know, yes, any, the anyone band that could I, make an argument against no, no, any no, of the bands no, they, that you no, like no, as well. No, because that because no one's saying Third Eye Blind is like misunderstood in like some revolutionary band that they, <laughs> they're just good and they had fucking hits. They had slaps and they made a lot of money and they were big. And that is something I can respect. Being <laughs> like, I don't. I think Zach. I think they're, they're all very smart. It's a, they're cool. Like as a band, and I know he was an Inside Out, so people give him a pass. Mm. But. <laughs> In general, that that all of that music to me is like it's like Marilyn Man. It's all this. It was all the same time period. And if you were into truly underground music, you thought that shit was whack. Yeah, Am I but wrong? I'll, no, you you are not wrong. But it's it's an age thing, is what I'm saying. Like if if I disc- if I started listening to Rage Against the Machine when I was 27, I'd be like, okay, this is for like entry level teen revolutionaries who are like just learning how to skate and stuff like that so like very fine very well but not really my demographic it's like reading a children's book or something like that like yes we know you've read all the harry potter we know you've read all the harry potter yes but like if you are like many other people who started listening to rage against the machine when you're fucking 13 years old or something then you are at the perfect age. you know it's like it's like talking shit on somebody who's like like reviving nineties clothing where like, but what I'm telling you, Jason, no, but what I'm trying to explain to you is (laughs) we are the age to think we were the age. So Mm -hmm. I didn't succumb to that because I'm not a sucker and other people (laughs) did. That's what I'm saying. We are the age. So you were, so, so if I am a couple years older than you, that means if I'm listening to this band at 13, you're listening to it at 11. So at 11 years old, you know enough about music to know that Rage Against the Machine is trash or I've never owned I've never owned no I, I wouldn't go that far I'm definitely not that ahead of my time but <laughs> I have never I can confidently say 
I've never owned a Tool CD, a Deftone CD, a Rage Against the Machine CD, a Marilyn Manson CD. None of that shit because it's all trash. CDs I have owned, no effects, might be trash. <laughs> okay, that might that might be trash. That's fine. That, that's fine. But no effects was truly underground, at least. I can give them that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, like I understand it's n- deeply uncool. It's just deeply uncool in a very different way. Well, you know you're, what I mean? you're going to have to accept the fact that many people did not have. I mean, I, I think when you're at that age, you are at the mercy of your friend's older brother's taste in music or older sister or like your cool aunt or uncle who gets you into the Pixies when you're too young to know what the Pixies are or whatever. Like some people get well, lucky look, and not- do that, but most people have to. You have to crawl before you can walk, and you have to... I, I crawled. I'm saying I crawled. I just crawled in a different way, and I deem that way to be better than the other way they were talking about. I'm not saying I, I was so advanced. Like, listening to Operation Ivy is, is... Operation Ivy is fucking cool. Like, that's one weird example to me that's, like, yeah, yeah. was kind of grouped into that no effects world, but mm-hmm. somehow is just much cooler and, like, seminal and, like, a really important band. To put that in the same category, or like to think of like a band like that, that like I can listen to Operation Ivy right now and that shit holds up 100%. I know every word to that record and it's like forever cool to me, mm-hmm. even though it's almost ska, which is deeply uncool. Like mm-hmm. to even think, to even think about something like Rage Against the Machine or, or the Deftones doing that for someone is just really hard to wrap my mind around. Okay. It's well, really difficult. Wrap, wrap your mind around this, this idea. <laughs> suck on suck on this one um when i was when i was in high school and young one of the least cool bands of all time was oasis they if you liked oasis that was mainstream lamestream bullshit you know yes yeah you know when you're when you're the biggest band in the world or the biggest whatever in the world it is it is a sign that you are not cool especially in the 90s what Yes, but what the difference is, and this is a similar thing to Third Eye Blind that I would like to point out. <laughs> these bands, these bands weren't trying to be part of a counterculture. Like right, right, they weren't right. they weren't trying to be political. They weren't trying to say fuck the man while also taking a big old check from the man. That that's the difference. Like Oasis uh, yes, yes. was part was part of something that seemed underground and edgy to Americans because we didn't know what Britpop was. Mm-hmm. So that was like a new concept. But like Rage Against the Machine, or I mean, I don't think the Deftones are political, but Rage Against the Machine taking like hardcore ideals and basically mm-hmm. repackaging them for the radio, I found corny. But I also think that the value in that is obviously disseminating that information to a larger audience, which yes. is valuable. Yes. But value and coolness, unfortunately, don't always go together, Jason. All right. Yeah, that is true. Um, there, yeah, you can reach more people if your if your shit is at hot top at hot topic yeah. versus the cool underground yeah. music store or whatever. Um, That's all I'm saying. I, I just I can't believe that like that to me. I just totally equate with like alternative radio graveyard of the late '90s, which of course I like a lot of that stuff, like Third Eye Blind or Matthew Sweet or some of these <laughs> things that like kind of crossed over, but they weren't, weren't trying to be like angsty right. teen political. They were just making music that was catchy and good, you know? Right. So, I mean, I, th- I think we were talking about a similar topic a while ago about the type of people who are being canceled 
currently are the ones who have been the most outspoken. It's easier and more fun to take these people down who are, you know, like when the, the Christian fundamental person who, you know, God hates. Yeah, when Lindsey Graham is getting male, like, escorts, like, right. you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what that's, people love the most. They love the justice of, of that. So these exactly. outspoken people like Marilyn Manson or Rage Against the Machine or all these people who are yelling stuff, it's it's more fun and it's easier for you to see them not turn into these revolutionary people where it's just they're 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 disguising, you know, their intentions of being a rich and famous musician behind Like I, I like Tom Morello roasting somebody on Twitter recently is funny as fuck. <laughs> the guy's mm-hmm. like keep politics out of using he's like motherfucker where have you been like i've been doing this for 20 years i think that's what i'm saying i think these guys are really really smart and like actually are 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 well spoken and understand Mm -hmm. these issues more than most people in their position they're just deeply uncool you you prefer well it is it is un it is more cool to be a little bit more covert and and sly about your beliefs and intentions versus you know, overtly screaming about them like a maniac um, is, is not what you prefer. Which, which I, I, I'm the same I, way. I'm the same way. But maybe, maybe times have changed, and we need people. I think the, 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 the it, maybe why this is coming up now is because we need people to be screaming it, and that's why it's working now. Yeah, I mean, the the people who enjoy the the subtle nuance of a of a thoughtful roast or a mention or any any type of thing like. That is, you know, people who subscribe to the Paris Review or the New Yorker and they read it and then they're like, ha that was a nice burn. I'm going <laughs> to go, I'm, now I'm going to go feed the ducks. Uh, and then, you know, nothing is going to happen. It, it's preaching to the echo chamber. You, you know, we've, we've learned now that we have to be offensive and, and loud and smash stuff in order to get some real change going. I mean, but also, you know, we need we need we need the people that are, are more subtle and nuanced with their message and their voice at at the very least just for entertainment or to maintain your sanity. It's probably not going to do anything other than preach to the choir, though. Well, I mean, that's that's no, that's true. I think there's probably look, there's room for everybody. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I recognize that. And to be fair. I don't think the Deftones are political in any way. I think they just suck. Well, but you, like, just, you you haven't really listened to them then, have you? Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe that's not what it is. But I also, uh, I, mean, I, I think it is fun and funny to be somebody who prefers a more subtle, nuanced, um, you know, translation of the, of your politics or beliefs in the world to be one of those types of people and also talk a bunch of shit on the people who are not is is inherently funny <laughs> to me. <laughs> well so we i'm saying it, good job uh, us let's keep it up <laughs> uh yes just two white podcasters patting themselves on the back this is what this country is built on i've done it yet once again once again but i mean i don't know i mean i i just can't i can't deal i just it was yesterday i think and they put out some ugly ass merch too anyway um <laughs> oh man i'm going to i need to leave i'm going to play tennis for the first time in a little while tj Damn. Um, I cannot wait to my, battle you on the courts, my friend. Dude, you're not even like, let's not even. Okay. I mean, we, we should, we can make that our only fans. All right. How much money do you want to bet that I will beat you at tennis? Put a monetary value on that right now, unless it's a donation. So I, I mean, 
<laughs> I think, you know, this is like celebrity boxing, right? I think it should be a donation or or something more sinister, but not just a hundo. All right, we'll, we'll set up a GoFundMe for your... For tennis lessons for Chris Black, we we can do we can do a charitable angle if that's if that's if that'll get the deal done. That's not what I meant, but I see where you're going with this, and I'm not I don't like it that much to be honest. Okay, this could be a live stream event where you and I play tennis. I want us to have maybe like an Iron Man style. Oh, this maybe, is a great idea. Maybe a, deca- a, great a idea. I want us to have a decathlon of activities tailor made just for you and I. Well, that unfortunately doesn't work well for me because some some things that like running you just can't do, so that would be unfair. Well, but I would obviously smoke you. Well, that's why that's why I'm saying the the decathlon challenges are bespoke to us, and they don't even have to be in the sporting. You know, it can be whatever typing. Uh, I can't mix. I can't mix EDM records, so that's not that's my running. But you know, you're gonna have to start practice. That's yeah. Get the CDJs at the Airbnb, bro. It's time to practice. Nobody said decathlons were easy. Um, but yeah, I'm you're gonna right, think about right. a way we can put this together. It'll be a charity angle, you know, arm wrestling, quarantine arm wrestling, whatever it can be. I can start setting up. I can call Decatur Dan and get him going and get a crew ready to shoot because I think you know during COVID, I think people are booking up. You know, there's there's yeah. we're, everybody, everybody's getting back to work because we'll need the we'll need the steady cam for this. Yeah, if anyone wants to do pro bono BTS footage, let me know. But you got to come with your own gear. This ain't no GoPro broke boy shit. We need some real, you know what I mean? We need some real gear. Sweet Green um, will be provided on set, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Couldn't do it without our friends at Sweet Green. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to. So my friend Isaac, who is lives in New York, but is from Atlanta, uh, has access to a private home court in Buckhead. So... Not only am I going to play tennis, but I'm going to play tennis in 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 the way that I deserve. You know? So, uh, the way you deserve, which is a rich white old people neighborhood. Uh, I didn't. I don't. I don't look. Walk, I don't know the walk exact me through. Walk me through I Buckhead. The, I, I know. <laughs> I only know Buckhead and Bankhead and and all of these different areas of Bank, Atlanta from from rap songs. Bankhead um, and Buckhead couldn't be more different. Uh, but Bankhead mm-hmm. is much cooler. Buckhead is much whiter. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, Echo Park versus Brentwood or something. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. And it's, um, and it's not hard to know where your allegiances might lie. Well, I, I would say that Bankhead has given me more creatively. Buckhead has them all. That's the only I don't really know. I don't really know how else. To, I mean, Buckhead is a boring white neighborhood, but like. That's where stuff is because it's, you know, a main stretch of, of mm-hmm. a main neighborhood in the, in the city, you know, historically. I don't know. Actually, I don't know the history of Buckhead. That's interesting. But, yes, it is a rich white neighborhood. So you're going to be out there. It's going to be a very well manicured court. You know, where there's going to be picturesque trees. Instead of a plastic bench on the court, there, it will be hand handcrafted wood passed down through generations would- of white people. I would, oh yeah, I would hope so. The, the, I, the soft drinks are good. You're going to have the small Cokes that you would only I'm not, find. First of all, who drinks a soft drink while exercising, Jason? I'm obviously bringing my own Old large, white people. water. Old white people. I'm bringing my, I, I mean, maybe having a cig between sets, that's cooler than a Coke, you know? Ooh, that's the, that's, that's, the, <laughs> buck, that's the Buckhead bounce right there. <laughs> Just blast a Dunhill in between sets. Did you forget to take the pheasant out of the oven, Richard? 
damn, you're giving these people a lot of credit. I don't even know how much paper they got. This shit could be, you know, mid. <laughs> well, um, I, I, I wish you luck on your tennis game. Thank you. You you will need it. I will need it. You're right. I have to go buy shoes, too. I thought I had a pair here, but I don't. So I got to run to Dick's Sporting Goods and cop what they got. You know what I mean? Because you can't, you, you can't, you, you can't play tennis. Don't, don't say, shoes. don't, don't say I got to say I get to. You don't, don't act like a, a pop into Dick's Sporting Goods is a chore for you. I do love Dick's. <laughs> and on that note, it has been great chatting with you. Love thanks you, TJ. To, uh, thanks to everyone, everyone listening. And happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there who listen. Um, you know, if you want to give us a nice rating and review on, on Apple Podcasts, that would be appreciated as we grow. And um, we'll see you guys next week. Yep. Holler. Bye. Later.